0: Our sermon passage this morning is Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise." For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had been given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by the resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats destitute afflicted mistreated of whom the world was not worthy wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth and all these though commended through their faith did not receive w- what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect
1: and by faith Ben read all those verses Maybe may be seated Thank you brother. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you've loved us enough to give us your word, give us your gospel, give us your church. Give us your spirit. Give us a promise of everlasting hope. Give us a promise that you are with us. A promise that you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. A promise that when we sing Christ is mine forevermore, that means today and tomorrow and whatever we may face. Lord, in all of that, help us. Help us to believe, help us to trust, help us to follow, help us to walk by faith and not by sight, help us to risk for your kingdom, help us to be willing to lose all things for the glory of your name, help us to believe that this world is not our home, help us to believe that to be with you is an eternally good thing. Help us, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. It says in verse 32 that time would fail if we told of all the stories. And I just want you to know that I know time is going to fail to finish this chapter today. Um, And that's why we'll come back to it next week. So two weeks, Hebrews chapter 11. And here's what I believe the Lord wants us to learn here. The people of God are shaped by faith in God. Particularly the people of God are shaped by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ Christ. Now, that might seem like a a very obvious statement, but my goal this morning is to broaden our understanding of faith, I would say, to the full sense of a biblical understanding of faith, which means when I say the people of God are shaped for faith in God, that means a faith that's bigger than where we go when we die. It's a faith that shapes every moment of our existence. So this passage is saying, Live, breathe, move, speak, pray, think, lean into the benevolent goodness of God for his children and walk by faith in him. That's what this passage is inviting us to. Now, I want us to spend the next couple weeks looking at the passage to see... That's what indeed it says. So the first point uh, for my friends who like to take notes, the call of faith. The call of faith. In short, what the author of Hebrews is doing in this passage is he is speaking to Christians. He's speaking to believers in Christ and he is saying salvation is Perseverance, endurance, and faith are all linked together. Salvation, perseverance, endurance, and faith are all linked together. And by linked together, I mean you can't have one without the other. That's why, and just see if I can show you this quickly, the phrase by Faith, And I'm not talking about with pronouns alluding to it, but the exact phrase, by faith, appears in Hebrews chapter 11 at least 18 times in the ESV. So if repetition means anything, then the author of Hebrews is saying, by faith, this was done. 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 And the point that is being driven home is... The people of God live for God's purposes by faith. He says so much in chapter 10, verse 39. So if you just go back up one verse, the end of chapter 10, he says, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve our souls. And then it's like chapter 11 is just this like, Massive tangent, he just couldn't help himself to say, oh yeah, that's so true. Let me go back through the whole sweep of the whole Bible and show you that God's people are, belong to God and continue walking with God and bear fruit for the kingdom of God by faith. So salvation, perseverance, endurance, and faith are all linked together. Now, in case those arguments are not persuasive for you, look at verse 6 of chapter 11. Verse 6 of chapter 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Now, if you'll grant me, we'll come back to the end of that, believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. We're going to come back to that in a few minutes. But if just for the moment you'll grant for me that that is is an overview, kind of synopsis statement for faith, then here's what verse 6 says. Without faith it's impossible to please God, and whoever would draw near to Him must come by faith. That's what verse 6 is saying. Without faith, no matter what you do, how good you do it, how good you look, how often you do it, how moral you are, how upstanding you are, how awesome you are, if it's done apart from faith, it does not please God. And we draw near to God, we come into His presence, we walk in His fatherhood, we walk in His blessing by faith. Now Christians, remember, He's writing to us, okay? So, a lot of us are now thinking about salvation and lost people. We're going, that's right, that's right, that's right. Lost people can't earn their salvation. Salvation comes by grace through faith. Yes, Ephesians chapter 2, that is 100% true. Let's go a layer below that though. Christians, our place in the kingdom of God by faith is secure. The Bible says nothing can snatch us out of the Lord's hand. But moment by moment, he can be pleased or displeased with us, right? He can take delight or not take delight in us. And this doesn't say without faith it's impossible to go to heaven. It says without faith it's impossible to please God. And so what that would say to us is God wants us to live and walk by faith moment by moment. And when we live and walk by faith, it pleases Him and He's eager to pour His blessing out on His people. I saved this for the end in the first service, but I'm just going to give it to you now. Faith is not just the door into the kingdom. Faith is the door and the road and the walls and everything. The Lord wants His children to live by faith in Him. And we're invited to draw near to God in faith, trusting in Him. Now, I'm going to define faith in just a minute, but for this first point, I'm asking you this. Can you grant to me that the author of Hebrews is spending a whole chapter to say, Christians, it would be the purpose and the will and the intent of God that your life look like continual faith in Jesus. It would be the will of God that your life would be shaped and characterized by living faith in In Christ, seems to be what he's driving at, line by line and word by word, which then would call upon us, well, what does that faith look like and how do I walk by faith? Which leads then to the second point, if you're you're a note taker. Walking in faith walk into faith. Under this point, what I want to do is I want to use the passages of this chapter, excuse me, some verses from this chapter to help us understand what a biblical definition of faith is. And this is really important for two reasons. One, faith is one of those overused churchy words that we never define, okay? And doubly bad, is, is the world has a completely different definition of faith than the Bible. Does that make sense? So, so the world has a completely different definition of faith than the Bible, and then we talk about it and we don't define it, so often that definition gets swept in. Does that make sense? And so it's really important that we go back and say, what is the Scripture saying to us today? What is this faith that we're being called to? So, a few ways that we get faith wrong. George Michael got faith wrong. So for those of you under 30, that was an artist in the 80s. And I did a really off-key version of this in meeting the other day. I'm not going to do it today. But the refrain was something like, you got to have faith, 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 baby. So the idea was that faith is really just convincing your mind not to care anymore. That's not the biblical understanding of faith. Many of us think of faith as a mental commitment. Like, oh, I'm just going to believe. And often that mental commitment sounds really biblical. Like, well, I'm just going to believe that everything's going to work out in the end. Or, oh, I'm just going to believe that I'm going to get that job. Or I'm just going to believe that my lottery ticket's the winning one. Or I'm just going to believe. Like, like, that's not what the Bible is calling us to. That's called fatalism. That's just crossing your fingers and hoping that it works out. And I I really love it. Like, I spend a lot of time at the baseball field and, um, like, a lot of my friends who don't walk with Jesus, they're at the baseball field and and, um, I just love it when they say things like this, like, I just believe that all things are going to work out in the end. And then, like, doubly cross their fingers. It's like, okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. But I'm going to nod and smile because I don't want to offend you here at the baseball field. So that's not what the Bible's talking about with faith. So what is the Bible talking about with faith? When the Bible talks about faith, it's referring to utter and total dependence upon God for everything. It's talking about utter and total dependence upon God for everything. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you, and then we'll look at what the passage says. Last night, at about 9 o'clock, I turned off all the lights... And I went into my bedroom, and there was my bed. Four wooden posts, a box spring, a new mattress. New mattresses are awesome, by the way. A new mattress, new sheets, and a comforter. So I looked at that mattress, those wooden posts, and I thought to myself, I bet that can hold me and my wife up all night long. Is that faith? No, that's deduction. That's science. This is faith. I took off my shoes and I climbed in the bed and I cast my whole body weight up on it and I rolled over and I trusted with my whole being that it actually was going to hold me up. See, faith is beyond deduction. Faith is I trust something. So throughout the course of our life, we have to trust physics. We have to trust science. We have to trust banks. We have to trust leaders. We have to trust governments. We have to trust politicians. And when we put our trust in them, that's an act of faith. We place faith in things all over the place. So when the Bible talks about faith, it's talking not so much about what it is, but who you trust. And the Bible's definition of faith is 100% rooted in the character and the unchanging, word-keeping, promise-keeping, holy nature of God revealed to us in the face of Jesus Christ. And so faith is not, oh yeah, I see God out there. He's, he, he, he exists Faith is, I trust Him. I lean into Him. I give Him my eternity and my days and my words and my thoughts and my joys and my sorrows. I place it all at the feet of this Lord who does exist and who is good and who is eager to pour His blessings out on His people. Faith is saying, I lean into the Lord. It would have done me no good to have stood in front of my bed for eight hours last night and pondered its competency to hold me up. The only thing that did me any good was to get in and go to sleep and entrust myself to its powers to hold me up. Trite, I know, but the imagery I hope works. Hebrews 11 is not calling you to think good thoughts about God. It's calling you to give the Lord your today and your tomorrow and your brokenness and your good stuff and your wealth and your poverty and your abundance and your hardship and say, it's all from you and for you and I'm going to fall at your feet and trust you. That's what faith is. So, more than anything... What I want to do by walking through this chapter today and next week is just broaden our understanding of what faith is. So look at verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay. So what verse 1 tells us is, there are outcomes that we cannot see. There's a future that we cannot fully see. There's a God that we cannot fully see. And faith is the assurance that what God has said is so, is actually so. Anybody here seen Jesus face to face? And yet we believe that he's real. Anybody here walked through an eternity Separate from sin and sorrow and suffering. And yet we believe that it's real. Why? Because God says it's real. And we trust Him. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the the conviction of things not seen. Verse 2. For by it, people of old received their commendation. For by it, people of old receive their commendation. So, so get this, he's going to walk through the whole scope of Bible history. And you know what he's going to say? Everyone who's ever received the saving blessing of God has received it by faith in God himself. No one has ever received the blessing and the saving blessing of God except by entrusting themselves to God because God saves what cannot save itself. Verse 6 drives this point farther. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. All those who walk in the blessing of God will do so by faith in God, particularly in faith in His Son, whom He has revealed as the way and the truth and the life, the way to know God. Now let's look at that second half of verse 6. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So what this tells us about faith is that faith comprehends, accepts the reality that God is real and then moves toward him in trust. Now, those of you that have been around Redeemer a long time, you know that I don't try to do Greek lessons unless I absolutely have to. But this is a time that I absolutely have to. Everyone's English Bible this morning says, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Every English translation says believe, correct? Believe comes from the Greek word pistuo. Pistuo does not mean to cognitively apprehend, like two plus two is four or blue is not green duo means to entrust myself to, to lean into, to commit my way to. As in, you're a safe person, here's my wallet, I trust it to you. See, that's all based on the cognitive apprehension that you're a safe person. So, what this says is not just, oh, yeah, yeah, God's out there somewhere, but He made me. He's real. I trust Him. I will follow Him. I will lean into Him. What the Bible is calling us to is a faith that leans into the Lord. Why? Second, because He rewards those who seek Him. Christians, God is eager. To pour his blessings out on those who seek him. Now notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say God is eager to pour His blessings out on those who seek His blessings. It's not saying he's eager to pour money out on those who seek money from him. He's not eager to pour promotions out on those who seek promotions for him. He's eager to pour His blessings out on those who seek Him. The Lord wants us to see his fatherly kindness, his fatherly benevolence, his fatherly concern, his fatherly care, and come running to him and lean into him and trust him and call out to him. And this pastor says he is eager to pour his blessings out on those who seek him. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because it would probably be convicting. But most of us have a vision of God that doesn't think of him as a benevolent giver of blessing to his children. Now we can miss we can misapply that statement all day long. God's not the Santa Claus in the sky to make us have our best life now. None of that stuff is true. But God is eager to bless his children, and he wants us to depend upon him. So come low, come humble come trusting, come longing, but it's okay to expect that the Lord is eager to answer the prayers of His children. That's what faith does. So faith is depending upon Jesus Christ for everything. For our forgiveness of sins, our acceptance before God, our new life now, and our eternal life in the future. These are some of the ways that Hebrews 6 drives this forward. Faith is depending and trusting ourselves to Jesus and Jesus alone for the forgiveness of sins, acceptance before God, new life now, and eternal life in the future. But I want to stop for a minute and I want to think about what it means to walk by faith. So I've been reflecting this week on 10 years of ministry here at Redeemer. It's only 9, but it rounds up to 10. That preaches better, so we'll go with 10. 10 years of ministry here at Redeemer. Nearly 15 years of being a father. 20 years of being a husband, 40 years of being a human. And one of the things that I wish I would have been more clear about is what it means to live by faith. Now hear me. Faith begins by saying, I'm a sinner and my only forgiveness comes through Jesus. I'll, I will trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin," And then faith says, because I'm forgiven, I'm accepted before God. So faith says, I will trust Jesus for my acceptance before God. And then faith says, because I'm in Christ, the Spirit of God dwells within me, and I will trust Jesus to give me a new life, a transformed life in the here and now. And faith says, this life is not my home. This life is not my final joy or my final Destiny, there's something far greater in the future when Christ returns or when I die. And so faith says, I will trust God for eternal life as well. But often when I've talked about, preached about, and prayed about faith, I stop right there. I think about faith and salvation. Let me just be really clear. If you don't know Christ in that way, if you don't have that type of faith in God, you must start there because we enter the kingdom there. But this passage is calling us to something so much more. This passage is saying there's a whole rest of your life that matters to God. And He wants us to trust Him with that too. So yeah, I'm a child of God. Yes, I have the Spirit. Yes, I've been justified. Yes, I've been forgiven. And that same Jesus wants me to trust Him with my fear and my doubt and my anxiety and my tears and my joys and my son's baseball team and my bank account and this church and everything that I do. He wants my faith there too. So think about it. Jesus didn't just die for our belief in Him for our forgiveness of sins. He died so that all of us could trust him fully and totally. And if I could ask you to take anything out of the sermon this week. Is to think that faith in Jesus goes beyond just sin and forgiveness. It's never less than sin and forgiveness. Never ever ever is faith in Jesus less than sin, repentance and forgiveness. But faith in Jesus goes beyond And next week, we're going to think of some ways that it does, and we're going to talk about some ways that it does. But I'm just inviting you this week, whatever that thing is that's keeping you awake at night, to think that the Lord wants you to trust Him there. There. That's where He wants you to trust Him. Because He's eager to bless those who trust in Him. So, by way of conclusion, and I know what time it is, I did this in the first service too, it just means you don't have to listen to Austin give announcements at the end. Um, So by way of conclusion, I want to give you two ways this is playing out in my life. And so some of you will appreciate the transparency and some of you will never come back to Redeemer, but we'll just roll the dice and risk it and see what happens. See, those are all unbiblical views of faith. Um, We will trust the Lord. Um, But here's here's two ways that this, this calling to a complete faith in Jesus is playing out in my life. The last couple months in the mind of Jamie, have been a fearful place to be. Just filled with anxiety, filled with fear, filled with tension, filled with stress. Weird place to be. I don't invite you in just because it's not safe there right now. Um, But often when people come to those type of moments, here's the prescription we give them. Have you been exercising? By the way, the answer for me is no. Have you been eating well? No. Have you been sleeping well? No. Do you have a counselor? Yes. Have you read this book? Yes. You should read Getting Things Done by David Allen. I have five copies, read them multiple times. So so here's the thing. I'm not opposed to, to means and to practical helps. They're actually a gift from God. But you can do practical helps all day long and not do it by faith. And so, what I'm learning is that the Lord wants me to start at the foot of the cross. He wants me to start believing that grace flows downhill. And He wants me to say, hey, all of this, you know it, and I need you. All of this, would you help me? all of this, would you speak into it? All of this, would you lift my spirit? All of this, would you give me hope? See, that's what faith does. I can take it to my Father and trust that He will be gracious and merciful to me. And then by faith, I can take the Enneagram and I'm a six for whatever that's worth. And then by faith, I can go see my counselor. And then by faith, I can start exercising. And then by faith, I can start sleeping better at night. But those things apart from faith are just self-help and the Lord has not brought me here so that I can prop me up he wants me to learn to trust him he wants me to learn Hebrews 11 verse 6 alright that's one can I give you another one that's a little less depressing have you looked around and noticed that we're out of room here at Redeemer anybody besides me notice that okay I got a few chuckles that means yes okay yeah well we, we know that too just for the record, and and we're working on it, and um, we're glad you're all here. Please don't go anywhere, Um, and so we've we've had a lot of meetings about it, and we're planning what we can do to make room for all of everybody that's here and more people, and so last year we uh, had a $75,000 giving campaign, and the Lord provided 85. That was really, really kind and benevolent of the Lord. But right now you could put a zero on the end of 75,000 and it wouldn't even get us but about 25% of where we need to be to make a successful splash toward providing more space. You feel you feeling the tension here? Well guess unless one of you sitting on 4 million that you forgot to put in the offering plate a few minutes ago, like like we have attention and 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 it's attention I mean, we have convictions about debt and stewardship, and, and, and we have convictions about provision and care and doing children's ministry well and wanting new people to meet Jesus and, and wanting things to work out. And here's the reality. We're out of room. We have a five million dollar solution. We don't have five million dollars. So what do you do? Well, you can start a giving campaign, you can start a GoFundMe, you can start begging for money, you can knock on doors. But you know what the Lord I think wants us to do? He wants us to trust him with this dilemma. And, and so, as we talked about this as a staff this week, I just said, look, guys, here's what I think we gotta do: this is God's church. Redeemers celebrated our ninth anniversary last year, and I could give you a million reasons why we should not exist. But for some reason, God has chosen to give us life. This is his church. What does he want? He wants us to trust him and be faithful to him and glorify him. So we're going to start with prayer and we're going to start with dependence and we're going to start crying out to the Lord and saying, you show us the way, you lead the way. Because at the end of the day, we're really not interested in, look what we did, but we're interested in, look what the Lord did. And by the way, Redeemer folks, the last time we were in this dilemma, God gave us a free building. Welcome. I don't know what's going to happen this time. You see, faith is confidence about things not yet seen so I know where we are and I know we need to go somewhere but I don't even know where that is and I don't even know how we're going to get there that's the unseen part but the Lord wants us to lean into him and trust him to make it clear and then while we're praying and while we're waiting we're going to go knock down every possible solution that we can Do we buy a house across the street that's not yet for sale? Do we try to rob an apartment building? Do we put up a tent? Do we have Sunday school in the barbecue joint over there where half of you parked? Like, we're really open to anything, but here's what we're looking for. Here's what we're looking for. Which one of these things is God going to raise up and say, this is where I want you to go? Because he wants us to follow him. That's what faith says. In my tension, in my dilemma, I'm going to seek the Lord before I make my plans. And I'm going to follow the Lord. So that's two examples from one broken sinner that I hope help you understand what I'm saying that when it comes to walking by faith, it's all of us and all of who we are. So worship team, you guys go ahead and come up. Next week, we're going to look at some specific examples of what this has looked like in the Scripture and how we can do more of this. So at this time, as we do each week, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. The bread and the cup, they're signs of the body and the blood of Jesus. They're given to the church. So we invite anyone here today who's a Christian, who's a follower of Jesus for salvation and is committed to walking by faith, we invite you to take this bread and this cup with us as a reminder of who Christ is and that if He is with us, we are His forevermore. So we're going to sing. We'll take The bread and the cup will be passed out. I'll come back in just a few minutes and we'll take them.